G'day, welcome to the getgood.cg podcast. This is the podcast where two CG artists talk about getting good at CG art and sharing tips and stuff along the way. My name's Jaden. This is Chris. Hi. What's been happening, Chris? Today, we're trying something a little bit different, aren't we? Yes, we're trying a bit of a shorter format. Uh, you know, some of, the, some of our previous episodes, they've gone out to like half an hour and a half well probably the, over the so, raw recording goes for about two hours and then i cut out a bunch of uh you know the rambling and then we're left with about an hour and a half yeah so we're we're looking at trying to keep it around i don't know what like 45 half an hour 45 an minutes hour or yeah. give or take well we'll see how we go i, I remember when we set out our, our original goal was 40 minutes and that just ballooned out immediately so <laughs> we'll see how we go um we'll we'll target maybe like an hour of recording and see how much we get out of that yeah yeah sounds good yeah um chris what have you been doing with your art what have you been doing with your life well i have been radically assessing does that make sense i don't know it's i've been doing a lot of reflection on the actual things that I'm doing. I think I mentioned last week that I was sort of trying to quantify all the projects that I was working on. Would you say it goes somewhere along the lines of existential crisis? Not quite an existential crisis yet, more like a existential rumblings and pressure. Mm. <laughs> so sounds like existential torment. It's hard to keep meaning in things when you're so far into them that you can't see where you came from and you can't see the way out so it's i just think it's important to sort of take a waypoint and just sort of make sure that everything you're doing is still moving you towards your own goals that you've set and just reviewing the goals themselves and seeing if they're still valid um so not and those goals are get job get good <laughs> at the moment actually i the the main question has been between i know we did a podcast on whether to specialize or generalize but the question's been more about diversity in the skill set i'm building versus uh a targeted focus because as a bit of a sort of like a personal thing i was using a particular position i knew was coming up wasn't actually expecting to get it, but I sort of wanted to have my portfolio together to apply for it. Um, that position has since come and gone. And so it sort of removed that carrot on the end of the stick. Uh, and so that's what led uh, me to... <laughs> what was that position? Uh, we're not going to go into it because it's, uh, you know, very specific. But it was a game. Right. It was a, it was a game animator position that I knew was coming up through various means. And it was just, I was just using that as sort of like a, you know, pressure cooker to sort of get stuff done on time. But because of various changes, I obviously didn't get there. And so now I've sort of have to redefine the goal and figure out if the projects that I'm working on still sort of either can be turned towards that new goal or whether I sort of have to take it back a few more steps and try something else. How did that uh, that course go that you were doing, that animation course? Yeah, really good. Um, the, the actual proper animation course that I signed up for starts in October, so I haven't quite started that one yet, the really uh, 
the really like hands-on tools one, but the one that I've been doing up until now, the more workshop oriented one, uh, finished up last week and I got some really good, uh, sort of like tips and tricks and sort of contextual stuff out of that. But you know, when mm. you just receive yeah, missions last week, yeah, a lot of information, very fast, you get a lot of enthusiasm, but not a whole lot of, and now I do what with this. <laughs> and so especially if you get yeah. very excited about certain things that aren't to do with what you're currently doing you sort of have to moderate that excitement a little maybe do some quick wins just to sort of get it out of your system before you can turn around and start refocusing does that make sense yeah right so you, yeah. yeah yeah so, so you just i've been doing a couple little projects here and there that sort of use some of the stuff i learned that's not necessarily portfolio stuff, but it touches a couple of things that I've been meaning to get back into for a while. And it made a nice break from the work, which honestly, as I say, as I'm going through, I'm not actually certain whether I need to keep doing. So I'm just giving my, I gave myself a week of space from the projects that I was on to work on some other stuff so that I can come back with sort of clearer eyes. You know, I, I have been thinking of, doing something like that where I just have a day of laying on the couch being an absolute rodent that <laughs> eats disgusting food all day and then the next day I'll come back to my art and be like oh man yesterday was it was a nice you know break yeah but I, I I'm keen to like get back into art now um, so I've been thinking of doing that but it's just I can't justify doing it <laughs> like you don't I, feel like you've I, achieved I enough maybe already. i should do that today <laughs> yes yeah, like i i feel like i should do that but no <laughs> i i not not today you know i it's the sort of thing you have to plan like a week out and call it margin on your calendar and just like not plan anything for that block of time and like just say that you I have you can only decide what you're doing in that time when you get there. Yeah. Have you heard of the dopamine detox? Is that where I like, uh, here I'm assuming because I've read some things similar to this. Is it, is it where because we have so much stimulation in our daily lives, it's good to be bored? Yeah. Basically it's spend 24 hours bored out of your mind and you will not be bored or you will be come up with creative solutions you to problems. Be... yeah it's like I, I don't know if it's i don't know it just kind of sounds like um what were those green detox juice things that people got in little like matcha. vials and they do shots of like uh, no not much up but it's just remember how people would be like yeah detox drinks and oh just like, be, weed, like weed grass shots of and, carrot juice yeah yeah, that yeah, the wheatgrass that that was weird, but um, it kind of sounds like it's along the vein of it, but also at the same time, I kind of want to try it. At the height of that wheatgrass sort of movement back in I don't know what do you call it, the early twenty tens. Uh, I I had yeah. a lecturer at university who was this Danish guy, and he was all about fitness and health. Um. And he was on this, like, he, I think he did a juice cleanse to prepare himself for a water cleanse. 
and he was telling everybody about it. he's like yeah it's great to like detox it's like i'm going weeks without you know actual food and i'm just drinking this uh, wheatgrass and drinking the water and he came back in one week and he just had this huge eye that it just it had just become so inflamed and it made him look like igor what he he looked like igor <laughs> from um was that the adams family no i'm thinking of terry yeah. pratchett yeah i think it anyway oh, right. um yeah, okay. but yeah he's got this one huge eye and everyone's like whoa what what happened man what, are, you, are you okay he's like oh, oh yes it uh, just got a little infected because when you're detoxing you know you, you get uh lowered immunity and stuff just sort of happens you know and so that oh. sort of put me off the whole detox movement for some time because he was just like oh yeah it happens no. <laughs> Igor, what are you doing, man? And like, yeah, his immunity had been so destroyed by the fact he wasn't inputting any vitamins or nutrients that just like random stuff had gotten into his eye and his body wasn't capable of fighting it off. Oh, no, that's sad. I don't know if there's a metaphor for art in there. Like if there's like, (laughs) if you you try to detox too much, then you end up just, you know, overindulging maybe i i i was out with my auntie having having breakfast with her uh, one day and she got the what was it uh, we, we both got some fresh juice i got like a freshly squeezed orange juice which was lovely and she got the detox one that was like an ungodly shade of green wheat wheat and grass green tomatoes and carrot <laughs> oh god i have no idea what was in it but it was called the detox and she took a sip of it and she was like, oh, I can feel it detoxing my insides. And I thought like... Not how it works. But is that right. what you tell yourself to get through it? Probably just because she hadn't had fiber <laughs> thought, for a while and everything started moving. Maybe. I just thought like, surely that's how people... Sh- surely that's how they they force themselves to drink it. By being like, it's lovely. It's, oh, I can feel it cleansing my insides. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, burns tongue. Yeah, the the eponymous feeling is how you end up in situations where large groups of people believe things just because it feels truthy. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's kind of like we're in that sort of situation globally now, aren't we? Huh? I was making assertions without actually going into specifics, but yes. <laughs> Ooh, look at Chris being subtle. Was that a was that a crow? Now, what that would we? Like an omen. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I. You know how when you can hear things, but you don't recognize them until someone points out, you go, oh yeah. Have you ever heard of the dopamine detox? (laughs) I know, I know, I need to, I I think I do need to have a social media detox. Um, Or or at the very least, just have my phone in a different room when I sleep. I've heard of some people... Going back to like a Nokia brick phone. Yeah. And I really want to try it. I did. But. Yeah, I've got, my, I've got mine around here somewhere. It's a. What is it? It's a Conker. It's a, it's a Chinese right. ripoff Nokia. And I got it because I wanted to have, you know, slim down the functions. But the thing is that all of the candy bar phones now, they just run a slim down version of Android. Even the candy bar phones, you can't get away from all of the stuff because they come pre preloaded with Facebook. I've I've been thinking of using what uh, a BlackBerry. I've got a BlackBerry in my room from like 2007. It's like an old hand me down phone. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking of, I have to go buy a charger for it, but I'm thinking of charging that bad boy up, probably get a new battery for it as well. And, uh, you know, uh, it'll, it'll still have, you know, internet access on it, but it'll just be like painful, the worst internet access only. Yeah. It'd be so painful. that It's like only use this at absolute necessary times. Yeah. I mean, when I was freelancing a couple of years ago, I used the candy bar as my client phone. So I knew that any, any, uh, calls that came in were from clients. Cause I normally just ignore calls. Cause at this point it's just a robot trying to steal your data. What is with that? <laughs> it's a dead medium, man. I, I, I know people outside of Australia might not get this or maybe it's just a global thing I think thing it's everywhere. global, man. But the amount of calls, yeah, the amount of, I went a good 10 years without getting any of these calls, people would always be like, oh, I get so many scammers calling me. And then I'm like, haha, you know, it doesn't happen to me. And then suddenly I just start getting like, yeah, look. this is the Australian government. You owe taxes. If you do not pay, we will steal your kidneys. Pay now. Peter Dutton will kill you. Oh, now we're getting political. I mean, sorry, I meant to pronounce that potato. Um, the, <laughs> the main I mean, and only reason getting back to the important first point is that I use the yeah. candy bar phone. The only reason I keep using it is because it makes a really cool noise when I turn it on. It, I think it's mm. out of battery, so I can't do it now, but it, it has like this really like jivey sort of tune that it plays and it goes, it's conquer. And it's like really heavy American accent. Wow. It's my favorite part. <laughs> it's it's conquer. And it does it when it turns off to, as well. To all of those Americans out there, I am sorry for butchering your accent. <laughs> I think we've I think we've taken a nice little digression on our short can you hear the quotation marks? Short podcast. Oh uh, yeah. What were we what were we talking about before uh, juice detoxes? <laughs> the idea that we were getting at was that it was a good idea to get away from the things that you're sort of deep enough into and i think we did talk about this a little last podcast because i was mentioning that maybe the decisions you were making from the position you were in on your project were based on the fact that you'd already gone so far into it but taking a step back can be very helpful but in this case it was more about the Mm. the goals themselves like reassessing the goals themselves and whether the project still feeds that goal because i to a fault, I'm the kind of person that if it's no longer serving my goals, I'll just drop it like it's hot. Um, so I need to work on <laughs> hold, like holding on to it. So a lot of a lot of what I do is justifying continuing because it's very easy for me to say like, actually, you know what? My goals have changed. I don't need to do this anymore. I need to come up with a new project. Um, Man, you need diamond hands. <laughs> what? Yeah, on, on uh, what is it? Wall Street Bets. Uh, it's basically just the meme of diamond hands. Just hold, hoddle at all costs. Like ah. n- never sell GameStop. Just diamond hands. Constantly hold it. Right. Yes, very much so. And like when I'm working on that, the process is okay. So how does this project still feed into my end goal? And if I can't make that align, then I do either change the project or move on. But for yeah. me, it takes a bit of time to get to that point where I can actually make like sort of convince myself that it's not just my natural inclination that it's actually a good idea 
And that's usually when I disconnect from the computer and I actually do a bit of like, you know, physical drawing or painting or something like that. Because a lot of what I do in Mm. this stuff is digital only in the same place, working on the same computer, you know, and that can get really, yeah. let's call it cognitively problematic. (laughs) I, it's for that reason that I really want a hot desk. I, I actually bought a laptop a couple of years ago specifically because i couldn't handle being in my room anymore yeah i just needed to get out and go somewhere uh because when i was at uni i was used to having a 24-hour design studio for architecture only and always going there and that was my little workspace and it it really helps with context finishing uni and because because of lockdown where i am at the moment if it was just a workspace, I think I'd be fine. But because it's a workspace, but it's also like a, you know, book appointment space. And it's also like a randomly scroll on the internet space. Because I, I have no separation. It's hard to make separation. Things. Yeah. And it's hard to sort of get your head yeah. into that focused work mode without that transition. Yeah. And so I, that's, that is exactly what I was trying to do at that time where I want to separate my working space from my sleeping space from my gaming space and whatever else yeah uh, and so i was like yeah all right buy this laptop you know go and get a hot desk and then i ended up in hospital for six months um <laughs> but that's a story for another time another podcast <laughs> uh, another podcast uh so yeah i i really want to get a hot desk it's just a damn shame that the whole city's in lockdown uh and even if it wasn't it would be ungodly expensive because of australian real estate prices but we talked about that in great detail on the very first podcast so i guess go full number one if you want to hear about that yeah like comment (laughs) subscribe (laughs) like comment and subscribe the the main issue i think with the lockdown though is that you also don't get taken out of that space as often so you're you're seriously just almost putting yourself in solitary confinement. Yeah, yeah. The solitary. I think we've talked about this before on a previous podcast. That was that was numero yeah. uno. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, yeah very okay. first podcast. Either that or the second one because we recorded those two back to back. Did we? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. So, Chris, we for the actual topic today of what we we're going to talk about is we're going to talk a bit more on freelancing because we have a bit we we were talking earlier on in the podcast series that we were going to talk about more current freelancing that we are doing as we do it and or our, at least our current thoughts on it. And so I think we've both got a little bit to talk about on freelancing today and give some updates. I've been doing a bit of freelancing and I think I've been you've got a bit avo- avoiding it. You yeah, want to nice. say about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why have you been actively avoiding the thing that you were like, "I'm going to do"? Actually, to be honest, I've been doing the same thing. But I'll give you, you mine. Know, yeah, I'll show you mine. Later. You can show me yours. <laughs> yeah, show and tell. The uh, show and tell of failures. The main reason I originally the reason I hadn't been working on it because I wanted to get the show reel out before I sort of started shopping it around. But then existential Mm. minor crisis about the direction that that was headed. So it got put on hold for a little bit. Um, Also, the fact is that I kind of have some stuff to show for freelancing. 
I don't have some stuff to show for specifically 3D character animation, which is what I wanted to get into. And you can't really be picky when you're freelancing. You sort of just, you just go out as like a motion designer or an animator and you just take whatever's going. And honestly, I'm not that interested yeah, in that you're a anymore. Bottom feeder. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. Were you ever interested in it to begin with? Not really. It's just sort of what you have to do by default if you want to make a living wage off this stuff. Uh, it's yeah. It just doesn't kind of relate. It's the whole Mary Kondo thing again. It's like it does not spark joy, and I'm finding it very yeah. hard to muster the enthusiasm to get back to that place. And I've found that where the enthusiasm is actually going is towards more content creation and sort of online stuff. And I'm sort of, I've been spending my time coming up with more of a strategy around that. And that's forcing me to diversify my skill set a bit more than I was trying to before. And I've been finding that I'm actually kind of enjoying that. So that's sort of where the existential crisis comes from. And the so by trying to realign the goals, it's sort of like, well, what do I actually want over what I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah. And luckily for you, you have a very understanding wife that is with you 100% of the way. Well, that's very true. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the other thing is that I'm not... Positively against, enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm not against uh, moving back into that space in a lesser form. Uh, to help subsidize the new direction. But honestly, I think you do, yeah. you, you get more work in what you do. And so my current direction is trying to figure out how to expand just sort of the, the, the I, I just think that functionally freelancing is almost an older model. It's, it's sort of how I feel about the university system. It's still present. Right. You so, can get value from it if you're in the right position. But if you're not in the right position or you don't sort of represent a particular mold that they're looking for, it can actually be not the right choice for you. And like with a lot of things, I think the internet has opened up more options. And those are the options that I'm exploring at the moment. So would you say, would you say that freelancing... It's kind of like it's kind of like the early two thousand no, not the early two thousand, the early twenty tens sort of model of doing things. I don't think it's in any way over. I think it is just beginning for some people. But the thing is that in the spaces that I frequent or am looking to enter, there are people now who have been doing this for twenty years, you know? And they hire graduate artists coming out of school to, you know, do little bits and pieces around the edges and they can expand to fill demand. And so it's very hard to enter that space going from not zero, but very little to working, surviving artists. And what what it feels like is the same as how it sort of feels to, you know, get on a bandwagon late. You know, like when a new thing comes out and you, you know, you avoided it for the longest time, people start making bank and then you jump onto it and, you know, you're making beans because there's like a thousand people there now. And the actual people who are going to make success in that system already got in, got out. I kind of feel yeah, like that's yeah. where freelancing is for me, at least in the spaces that I'm interested in. Yeah, it's, it does seem like for quite a few people, it's a early to mid twenties kind of thing. And because or like just out of whatever university system. Yeah. And because that's the 
the view of it, it's very hard for me to compete because I just I just can't be taken advantage of in the way that they would like to take advantage of me. <laughs> it's bless me take advantage of you. It's it's a, it's an actual problem because like I know yeah. the value of the work. I know what it takes and so I'm going to charge appropriately and finding yeah. a client and finding a niche. I've actually been doing a, a course about finding better clients and all that and I just I'm just thinking it's not a fool's errand. You can definitely do that. I just don't really want to. Cause like my end goal, here's, here's, here's like, you know, pull it out to the future. I don't care whether it's 10 years or 30 years. I do want to have an animation studio that makes something, whether it's games or whether it's movies or whatever it is. I'm more interested in content creation and I'm more interested in story and bespoke creation and the stuff that you have to make in freelancing and that sort of stuff. Like I would rather go into fine art and deal with all of those problems. Like, uh-huh. and I'm not going into fine art. Like it's, let's put it this way. I'm not a service worker. I'm terrible at retail. I'm not, the customer is not right. I'm an experienced professional. They should listen to me. And that's not a great attitude the going. Is not right. Yeah, it's it's not a great oh, attitude man, going I, into I, freelance, and I think I yeah. have to just accept that about myself and try to find a different path. Yeah. Anyway, how yeah, has your well, recent experience I, been going? Uh, sorry, I just peaked my mic. <laughs> um, look, it's been going interesting to say the least so i've been so i did uh, some interior fit out stuff for uh for some friends i did i just did like some costing drawings of you know how much it would cost to get this you know interior renovation of their house done and so i sent that out on friday night i think mm-hmm. what day is it today um, yeah, something like that. I sent it out a couple of days ago. Yeah, I sent it out on Friday. So there was that was it was a good learning experience in a lot of ways, but it was it just really reminded me of like uh, I really don't think I want to do architecture full time. Mm. And I wouldn't mind you know picking around the side here and there with smaller jobs like that, but. It's it was it's it's just not my not the thing that I want to do for a while. How I do you think. go, and especially when you've got customers? Go on. I was just gonna say, how do you go picking around the edges like that? Because for me, it's very difficult to sort of take it so piecemeal. I sort of need to be like focused on something. Um. Well, you just have family friends that go, "Hey, I I want new windows and a deck and." the 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 light to be good and the thing to do the stuff and that to be fancy <laughs> and i want it cheap <laughs> and, and you go uh yeah i'll see how i can help you that's that's the that's the problem i have with freelance right there though is that in something like architecture that happens it's like oh you know an architectural visualization or like an architect or whatever it's like oh yeah you know i'll give you his number right yeah Nobody, nobody's yeah. like, oh, you know, an animator except people who are in animation, you know, like, 
<laughs> being in a very like a very tertiary nice to have vocation nobody's actually looking <laughs> for it except the people making it for other reasons or the people who like want to spruik yeah. it up a bit i got into a bit of like it wasn't like a heated argument because like we're all very nicey nice on this forum but i got into a little bit of a stouch with some of the people who i was talking to this about online the other day because i was saying like people don't care how good the animation is they just want it to if they've decided they want it to move they want it to move if it's not like an art piece if it's not like a pixar film they don't care they just want it to move they've decided they want it to move and if it moves great if it looks good great they don't actually care about the art of the motion itself they just care about the overall aesthetic and that's more of a designer's role right and that i have these really depends on your client yeah it does but it also depends and this was my argument it depends on the attitude of the artist right if they come in and they're saying do you want animation or do you want like definitions and terminologies aside for me it's kind of the difference between animation and motion graphics animation is the illusion of life right it gives it gives the subject of your motion interiority it makes it seem like it's alive and it's making decisions in a context in my opinion motion graphics is more about aesthetic appealing motion right both contain yeah. a little bit of the other just like illustration and design contain a bit of the other but for animation in my opinion that is when the the object has interiority like a character even if it's just a circle that's trying to decide whether to go past two squares, you know? If it looks like it's right, like right, yeah. if it if it's taking a moment to think about it, that's animation. But if it's if it's just like easy easing or like doing a bit of anticipation and then going through because it looks nice to do that, that's motion graphics. And I feel like most people okay. so- won't notice that difference unless they're looking for it. Yeah, unless you are an actual animator that is creating some sort of story content. Yeah. And for me, story is king. Like I that is my that is my focus. I love character and I love story and I love building narrative and aesthetic through lines. And I don't get any of that from freelancing. It's all just what serves to sell. Like there's a story about the customer, but there's no story story you know there's there's like a sales funnel the story is and then they bought it <laughs> yeah I, I i relate to that in ArcViz, um but i i've touched on this i think in probably several podcasts now and it's just with ArcViz, it's the exact same thing it's not it doesn't really feel like you're doing art you're making a pretty marketing picture and the, the overall thing is just to get people to buy, 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 yeah, buy, mate, yeah, buy. Right. So that's that's really what irks me, and and from my from my point of view, or from what I want to do, it's like I really, I I I am interested in um, actual design and art, and not just buy 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 in the way that you're interested in story and character and emotion in some yes, sort of moving yes. image and th- there's two really toxic viewpoints in my opinion that i've seen coming out of that is that 
One is that some people think, oh, if you're going to be a working artist, you need to do both. You absolutely need to do both because, mm. you know, otherwise you're not going to get work, etc. Which is, it is the reality of the lowest hanging fruit. I'll get to that in a moment. But <laughs> the second toxic opinion is that you don't deserve to be in those story positions until you've paid your dues <laughs> in, you know, less good work. Does that make sense? It's sort of like you have to do a certain yeah. amount of all the bog work before you can actually start doing the thing that you got into it in the first place to do. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of what I resist a little bit. And that comes from possibly more of my, you know, exceptionalism at play, which I know I have. Like, I do have a bit of this, like, personal exceptionalism, which gets me into trouble. <laughs> but... The, the idea is to get exceptional results. You need to take extraordinary action. And I feel like to accept mm -hmm. either of those viewpoints is not taking extraordinary action. It's not seeing what you want and moving towards it. It might be supporting you. Yeah. Like Mindset's really key there because you might be doing it because you need the money. But your intent is to use the money you get from that to move towards something else. Just the same as getting a day job that doesn't exhaust you so you can work on your own thing in the in the meantime, right? Yeah, I mean, that sounds like us. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just think that maybe that's, that's, that's more to the, the spirit of this whole project that we started in the first place was maybe taking more unusual action. Whereas I think we immediately sort of took a big left hang turn and we're like, Okay, so how do we immediately get back into work? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a scarcity mindset thing, obviously. Yeah. We took an immediate turn out of stability and normality. And then we kind of thought, oh, You know what's nice? Shit. <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. You know what's I nice? Income. Money. <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile that. But that's sort of like the I current thing that i'm doing and looking into because if there's ever a time if there's ever a time where you can build something that you're a bit more proud of and that you're happy to go to work to every day on your own timeline now has the opportunity to do that in my opinion i haven't got anything further along there but it's just where i'm thinking at the moment yeah and so i just just to go back on like some of the other freelancing that i've been doing is that i've got randomly this guy emailed me uh saying hey i need you uh, i need some renders done uh it wasn't for an actual building it was for um uh let's say a, an event of some sort um for a company <laughs> uh, right and uh so i and yeah and so i asked him like oh yeah how'd you find me by the way and he was like oh yeah i just typed in archviz artist melbourne or australia or something like that and i found your reddit posts um and so he he found this reddit post that i had put online probably about a year ago now i'd say bang on nearly a year ago and so go, going into yeah imagine if that sorry. was your hand-painted art imagine if that had happened with your art yeah yeah and so now i've been thinking because i've been on and off trying to get good at archviz since uh the start of 2018 
Um, and I just keep thinking, man, if only I had a pushed hand-painted art instead, you know, like... And another trait platitude I like to use. There's no use to dwell on the past in that way, but move forward. Yeah. Is what it, is your it, platitude? <laughs> uh, the best time to start was yesterday. The second best time is now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. It's like, I'm not really upset about it because I have found use in my ArcViz skills. It has made me money. Um, this person that I'm working with, uh, he, he says that the project's going ahead. So uh, it should make me more money. And it'll be a good thing that I can kind of just bounce back on and make some money off to keep me going in the future. Um, so it's like, I'm not mad that I think that the I, I look back at it in that way, but it's kind of like, it just makes me think, yeah, now's the time to focus in on that game art that I want to do. And so I'm looking at ways that I can produce some content online for my game art and you know, just sort of keep planting those seeds and see where it takes me in a few years. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I've got a direct... And now has never been a better time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, Go on. It's even just the fact that the world's sort of in a bit of upheaval and we don't know what, what it's going to look like coming out of this, that churn actually brings in some of the... Uh, the arbitrage that you might be able to take out of the situation. And I just think it's worth thinking about it a bit and maybe coming up with a more creative solution than we'd normally sort of apply. And I think, I think that is more about what, what's going to be successful moving forward. Isn't like trying to figure out how everybody else is doing what they're doing. It's trying to figure out something new because yeah. what, what really irks me is when people say nothing under nothing's ever new. It's all just a remix. It's like, well, I mean, a remix of what? You know? Everything already exists. Yes. Okay, nothing is new. But collections of ideas and arrangements of ideas, they can be new in a way that has quite a significant effect. And everything has not been invented. I yeah. don't know. Just... Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, with... Like you said, things done and ordered in a new way with the technology that we have now and the platforms that we have and the democratization of content production it's like think you can you can pretty much create something that sure someone can nitpick and be like mm, actually in the 1922 uh uh carl you know he did this and you know it's kind of going on from his ideas it's like yeah sure but did they have the internet in 1922 has he sort of produced yeah. you know and this then, online and reached this many people in this amount of time and at that point you just and say yeah okay what, we, st we stand on the shoulders of giants moving on <laughs> yeah yeah literally and so you know at that point it's that there is going to be a big shift in you know working from home that's one thing that we can say for sure out of this. Mm -hmm. People are going to be working a lot more remotely. I think remote rather than uh, I think there will probably like be a crucial distinction there. Yeah, working remotely, there's going to be a lot of people that I think will be probably doing a bit of freelancing because I think that's how some people that lost their jobs managed to stay afloat. 
Yeah. Um, it's hard to say beyond that, but a lot of people, you know, they'd go online and they would be like, well, time to upskill. And they go on something like Skillshare or Udemy or whatever, like something like that. And there is a lot of potential ways for you to kind of tap into that with online content production. Yeah. And look, that those are the sort of things that you can be sure of where the world's going. And th- that's where my new focus is moving towards. I-, I really haven't done enough research to really make any claims about it. It's all just ideas at the moment. But even outside of the internet, mm. I've, I've got a friend who he only he's an animator. He only takes on projects that he thinks are interesting. And when there aren't any projects that he thinks are interesting, he does his own like, you know, gallery shows and exhibitions and stuff. And, you know, he... What a boss. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. He um, he just does whatever he wants to do. And then like if he has to couch surf for a month, he has to couch surf for a month. If he doesn't have a bit of money, he doesn't give it. You know, <laughs> he, he just doesn't <laughs> care. And like I've never been able to get to that point. But he is happier by far than anybody I know who is quote unquote grinding. And yeah, I think the yeah. happy the economy of happiness in the future is going to become more important because work is going to become sort of either all encompassing or not. I know that this is probably going to be a bit of a tangent, uh, but I will say probably less importance than happiness would be something that you find meaningful because if you're doing something you find meaningful you know it doesn't it will matter be fulfilling yeah. to you it will be fulfilling to you and if you're constantly just ch- chasing happiness uh you know what are you going to do in the times where there's no happiness then you're just kind of constantly just trying to sort of find the thing that makes you i don't know mm. happy now i suppose yeah and it's like if you just go for what's meaningful it's like you will get satisfaction out of that plus like you know happiness will sort of come and go and appreciates the time appreciates the times it does i reckon yeah yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense and that's the thing to to all the keyboard warriors out there i mean at this point you know comment subscribe (laughs) like comment subscribe keyboard warriors out there who are going to be telling us oh you know you have to freelance you know or you have to have you have to be in one of these traditional structures in order to get to where you want to be it's like yes in some cases in some situations you do need to do that and even to think creatively you need to stay afloat in order to have the space and time to think creatively but what i'm saying is that until i'm working more towards what i want and what i want more actively to do with the daylight hours that i've got I don't think I'm going to be even in the headspace to want to take on that work. If I'm putting out work that I enjoy and then also using that, I could even bring freelance back into it at that point. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying freelance doesn't work, but freelance in trying to figure out a niche and trying to put yourself in that niche, I think that's the pattern that no longer serves. I think you just need to do what you do and figure out a way to find the people who want that do what you do and find your audience and appeal to your audience yeah because i I think the days of like one big super celebrity 
will come to an end. I think we're already seeing a bit of the mm. fractalization of that market. You know, like the amount of eyeballs that you used to get on like an American sitcom or an Australian soap opera in the 90s. You can't even muster those numbers for the most important streaming shows on Netflix these days. You know, like the the market is fractalized. So I think I think there is yeah because there everyone is, there is a niche for everything. I reckon that there would be a niche for painting bricks. Yeah, or like watching paint specifically right, painting bricks. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is, I think it's valuable to move into that as quickly as possible because the longer you're not serving that audience, the longer they're getting frustrated that they're having to sort of like put together something from a, a variety of different sources. And I think I really... And the more really likely s- someone else will fill that space. Exactly, yeah. And I really struggle yeah. with this as a consumer because I'm not a very good consumer. I tend to find what I need hmm. from a thing, take it and move on. I don't really exist in spaces. But yeah. I know that a lot yeah. of people do. They like to find somewhere cozy to sort of like nestle into. And there's like communities and like fan groups and all that sort of thing. And I think that's why, you know, web comics are such a big thing. I think that's why sort of like independent animation and independent animes get such a big following. I think that's why, uh, you know, TV adult animation gets such a big following because it sort of like speaks more directly to an age group because the more takes on a thing that there are, the higher the probability that mm. somebody's going to hit on something that's adjacent to your, you know, experience and preference. I think a lot of it mm. comes down to nostalgia at this point because as far as there isn't, you know, nothing new under the sun and everything's a remix, I think a lot of the th- a lot of the things these days, it's gotten to that point where if you can do everything, why do anything? And people are nostalgic for a time where you did a thing because you had to or because there was no other option and it felt more important mm. because of that because they shaped themselves into it. And I feel like... Can we, like, take a second? Go on. Finish your, finish your sentence. No, we'll take a second. What you got? Oh, I was just going to say, let's, can we, like, take a second and just appreciate how privileged we are in that we can literally just say, eh, nah, like, I don't, I don't feel like going to work. I can just uh, insert government fundings here and sort of survive that way and eventually bounce back and produce some art you know you can easily not easily but you can tap into a huge audience in a way that you never have been before just the privilege to be able to go yeah look i don't i don't want to go for that sort of traditional route i'm just going to kind of go off on my own beaten path and you know there's a good chance I'll fail, but yeah, it'll all be fine in the end. You know, like it's sometimes like I'll kind of stop and think, damn, that is like a high level of privilege right there. It is. But what I think we also have to take into account is that the reason you sometimes have to do that is because the structures that used to serve when you would follow the normal don't actually exist anymore so it's almost necessary sometimes to take those steps i understand your point like checking the privilege of you can try some stuff and fail and still be fine 
I mean, that's like, that's like a whole Gary Vaynerchuk thing. His whole, uh, you can fail, you know, right up until you're 60 and still have time left to start something new. And that, that, yeah. that's even compounded by the fact if you do have certain things like social safety nets and that sort of thing. But I don't actually think the structures that serve people exist anymore. Like the days of going to the same job for 20 years, getting a gold watch and a pension from the company, they are gone. Hmm. Like any mentality that forces you down that route and puts you into that mindset now is not serving your best interest because you're being programmed into a method that no longer exists and whose actual want is against your interest and by putting it's it's like when it's like the frustration you feel when you watch a group of people vote against their interest or something like that you you can see their positioning as a particular way but they feel as though they're in a different position because of that conditioning and that's sort of how i feel about nine to five work and it's sort of how i'm starting to feel a bit about conventional freelancing because it's a programming it's a social programming that puts you in a place to make you feel like you're on a path those paths used to exist but they've been eroded by positioning like by the people who contain a lot more of the wealth finding out ways to earn more wealth off people who have less than them and that's not to get too political but i think that has eroded some of those societal ruts that people can follow and still be fine so i think these days it it is just as risky to follow one of those paths as it is to take a beat and do your own thing thoughts yeah i (laughs) thoughts yeah (laughs) yeah i i mean i totally agree it's things are very much changing um you know the 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 whole robots are coming for your jobs like it is you know, maybe not in an iRobot kind of way, but just in an automation roles way. and jobs. Yeah, they they are roles are being um, reduced, uh, and a lot of you know the savings, you know, the money, the 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 savings from the cost of labor. You and societies in general is not getting that money, that benefit that is kind of going to the. Uh, stakeholders of said companies well you can or go, employees you can or go whatever online right now and you can look up an article i guarantee you'll find three if you look of how your job doesn't actually need to exist because a lot of knowledge worker hmm. positions only exist to move paperwork and money around in order to fulfill some sort of benchmark or quota like for instance there's a tax break if you employ a certain amount of people or there's you know, yeah. a quota of a certain marginalization that you need to fulfill in order to apply for a certain amount of, you know, franking credits next tax season or something like that. A lot of jobs, the only point that they fill in a company is the position. It's the work unit, the fact you're employed. And that's that's how a lot of these companies can just furlough a bunch of people and be fine. Whereas like the Mar and Pa bicycle store down the street has to close because they can't pay any of the employees during the lockdown the bigger companies don't even break a sweat because half of the work that they were doing they were losing money on the employees they had in the office anyway 
because they were drinking sodas from the fridge you know like yeah i mean a lot of them just went on went online and it, in it forced socialized democracies like australia a lot of them got government support to do that yeah yeah um i i actually i have a friend who has a friend and they owned a they owned a bike skate store uh and mm. COVID came through and you know lockdowns came and they couldn't open and it forced them to innovate the the, the way that they do business and so they they went online and they still have their store storefronts in the city but a lot of their business has shifted to online now and they're actually doing a lot better during yeah. COVID restrictions they have been... force creative solutions and creative solutions lead you to find yeah. answers to questions you didn't know you needed to ask yeah and i think that's um that's just a sign of the world changing and it's a it's an awesome thing to sort of see people innovate and you know make things better for themselves um, now, although r.i.p to the people that might lose their jobs yeah it's it's churn right when you hit churn like this, yeah. some people win, some people lose. I hate zero-sum games, and I don't think it's a zero-sum game. But because some people are prepared Never waste and a some crisis. people aren't, they, they just get eaten by the churn. I, I don't know if you can tell, but th- this sort of stuff gets me pretty fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you get we get you too fired up, um, I think we have just about... Man, I was just about to circle around to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beat you to it. All right. No, interrupted so... me is what you did. It's, I'm so... Oh, I'm fuming. I had like a segue and everything. Oh. All right. All right, segue, man. Get on your segue. Show nah, us what it's you've done got. now. You know, close the pod. Get him out of here. Theater's closed. Off you go. Thirst. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, I think, you know, we've kept it to a fairly reasonable time this time. We haven't rambled off into the vast distance like we have. Oh, actually, no, we have rambled off into the distance significantly. Just but, quicker than usual. You know, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think a, a short form format might be a bit more digestible for some people. Let us know what you think in the comments. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. And Chris... Where can the audience find you on socials? You can follow me at AnimatorChris anywhere on the internet. And you can find me on Twitter at JSTO underscore art or on Instagram, Jaden.Ray, spelled R-A-I because my parents tried to be trendy. See ya! Bye.